Welcome to Quest, where we believe a great faith, great church experience, and great life is grounded in authentic relationship with God and living life with friends. Join us today in changing our world one friendship at a time. If you would like more information about connecting at Quest, stay tuned after the message. There's a word for this. What I breathe deep in the morning light. There's a word. Shalom. My papa taught me that word. I remember I was a little boy and I was really bothered by something. I, I can't remember what it was. But daddy noticed and so he came over to me and he put his hand on my head and he said, Shalom, boy. Do you know what that means? <laughs> I looked up at him and I said, Yes, Papa. It means peace. He kneeled down beside me. He took my face in his calloused shepherd hands. And he said, Yes, son, peace. But so much more. And then he put his finger on my heart. And he said, Shalom, boy. God's highest and most complete good be upon you. That's my prayer for you. I've looked for that. What my father told me about. After all these years, even when darkness seemed to settle over my entire weary world, I looked. The night when the angels came, there was no hint of wind, no clouds in the sky, only stars. And then suddenly an angel appeared and he was brighter than all of the stars. And he said, do not be afraid. This is great news. A Savior is born and he lies in a manger. And then there was quiet over the entire earth as if it was waiting to breathe. Savior. God's highest and most complete good upon us, upon me. <laughs> and then a multitude of angels appeared and they said, Glory, 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 God's peace on earth. <laughs> what my papa prayed for me so long ago. I think I've finally seen shalom, peace. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow wrote the song you just heard sung. Every year Christmas bells would ring in the town square reminding him of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But the year that he actually wrote, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, he'd actually lost his wife that year and his son had come home crippled from the Civil War. This year was a world that did not feel like peace and goodwill to him. So he wrote, as we heard, and in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I think today in the midst of the uncertain, unpredictable world with the continuing global health crisis, death, struggling economy, 
political and social unrest. I think many of us may have similar thoughts to Wadsworth Longfellow that day on, in that Christmas season. Yet Jesus was born into a similar world. A teenage girl, his mom had been told she was going to be the mother of God, and she was living under Roman occupation, forced to travel to Bethlehem by donkey, nine months pregnant, just to be counted and pay taxes. How do you like that for an April 15th day? Giving birth in a stable. And then shortly after Jesus' birth, uh, a guy on the throne named Herod, whose reign was described by historians as a paranoid brute, forced them to flee to Egypt. This is chaos. This is terror, not peace. 700 years earlier, the prophet Isaiah described the world as being in deep darkness. And in the deep darkness, Isaiah prophesies that hope, a great light will come, a savior for us. His words reflect the truth Longfellow remembered while listening a little longer to those Christmas bells that Christmas Eve. The rang, the, 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 then rang the bells more loud and deep, he writes, God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. See, this peace reflects what Isaiah said the coming of Savior would be called. In Isaiah 9, it says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of peace. So what is this peace that Jesus brings? Peace can be, refer to the absence of conflict, the absence of animosity, or even fear. The Bible actually reflects those ideas of peace, but it goes so much more deep. The Old Testament describes peace as shalom, meaning complete or whole. It actually refers to something like a wall that had been broken down with cracks and gaps and missing stones and is now filled and made whole. I mean, the core idea of peace is helping us see how life, our lives, are so full of multiple complex parts that can so easily get out of alignment, go, miss, go missing, and we're missing things in our life and, and lead to a lack of peace and shalom. And how the shalom, the peace of God, is here to restore those pieces to wholeness in our lives, to fullness in our lives. That's why when the angels came to announce Jesus' birth, they said, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. It's why Jesus says to his followers in John 14, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Paul actually says Jesus is our peace. Meaning Jesus was the complete whole human I was made to be, but I've failed to be. Through his life and death and resurrection, Jesus takes our lives, our relationships, our intricate pieces of our world that are so many times are broken and fallen apart, and he brings peace and wholeness now, while also guaranteeing that he will perfectly restore wholeness one day, righting all wrongs and healing all that is broken. That's his peace. It's a peace in every way, with God, with yourself, with others. I think for many of us, our own experience of Christmas isn't, isn't necessarily always peaceful, is it? We go home, sometimes we find chaos, sometimes conflict, and, and sometimes loneliness. And yet think about how Isaiah describes God's powerful peace 
in bringing things together that do not seem to belong together, that you would never imagine could fit together. In Isaiah 11, he says it this way, The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, the cow and the bear shall graze together, the nursing child shall play over the hole of a cobra. I mean, predators and prey lying down with one another. That's not something that happens. Yet this is the peace Isaiah is talking about. It's unnatural. It's unfathomable. It's beyond what we can imagine. God brings things together that we could never think would actually fit together and be together ever again. That's how powerful he is. Now, this may seem like a weird tangent, but as I continued to think about Christmas and peace, I started to think about the smells of Christmas. How many of you have particular smells that you really enjoy at Christmas? For me, what comes to mind is the smell of caramel rolls and fresh evergreen trees. So if you're listening to us online at home, why don't you talk to each other about some of your favorite smells? Kids, if you're here especially, or anybody, what are some of your favorite smells at Christmas? Yell it out. Got to yell louder so I can hear you. Cinnamon? I'm not... Cookies? Candy canes? Presents? You smell presents? (laughs) That's awesome. I'm surprised nobody said pickled herring. That's one of my favorites. Incense. Awesome. Different cultures have different smells associated with Christmas. Did you know that in Japan, one of their favorite smells is the smell of KFC? Yeah. Forty years ago, KFC did such a successful Christmas campaign that it's stuck. And they still sell five to ten times the normal sales of finger-licking-good chicken during Christmas as any other time of the year. In South Africa, the smells of Christmas may include fried caterpillars. These creepy crawlies that we get to crunch, and yum, everybody's going to go home and want those, right? My favorite Christmas smell comes from Greenland. It's where they actually take a, uh, a raw whale skin with a little blubber, they wrap it in a small Arctic bird, inside, and then put that inside of a seal skin. It's kind of complicated, isn't it? Who ever thought of that? And they bury it for several months until it's decomposed, then they dig it up and they eat it. Yeah, kind of makes Brussels sprouts look like a delicacy on your Christmas table, right? We often overlook, I think, the real smells of the first Christmas when we gaze at the nativity manger scene. We forget, I think, how Mary gave birth to this Prince of Peace, not in a palace, not in a sterile hospital, but in the middle of the stink of animals and manure and just yucky mud. It seems like God wants us in this story to be profoundly aware that he didn't wait for the mess to be over in our world or in our lives before he came to us. He arrives in the midst of such stench to reveal to us how Jesus would live life, he would die, he would come back to life again, conquering death and sin, and therefore we get to celebrate as his followers that we no longer have the stench of sin and death hanging over us. Why? Because God wants to bring his peace to us, to make us whole, to make us complete. Why? Because God loves you and I so much, he can't stay away from us. I mean, this is the love story that has been coming to you since the beginning of time. 
The God who walked into the garden before sin shattered the closeness that we had with God is the same God who stayed with his people in a pillar of cloud and fire in the midst of their rebellion in the wilderness because he didn't want them to be alone. And that's the same God who comes to us in Jesus. Of all the religions in the world, only Christianity dares to say that God's love will never change. His commitment will never diminish. He never, ever gets tired or exhausted of running after you, even if you continue to fail Him. He is so for you. It cost Him everything to be with you. Just like the shepherd we heard share, Jesus wants you to have a shalom kind of peace. Jesus' highest and most complete good to be upon you. This Christmas, will you receive that gift afresh? And if you've ever given your life to Jesus, would you receive it by giving your life to Jesus? Would you pray with me for a moment? God, thank you so much for that you are this Prince of Peace. That while we don't always recognize that you are bringing peace to us or how you're bringing peace in our world, that we know you are, you are bringing it, you want it on the cross, you promised to bring it, and we pray that as the Prince of Peace, your peace would rest on each and every person listening online and here today that you would be present in a way that only you can be, bringing a supernatural peace over each person and over each one of our worlds, whatever's going on. I pray that those who are desperate or who are lonely, who are afraid, who are facing financial stress or physical illness, that God, your, your spirit will reveal your presence and power to them because it is by your presence that we find healing and forgiveness and grace and truth and an incredible peace that's beyond anything this world has to offer. Lord, thank you that you're always God and you are always with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I know that God's presence is here. I know that some of you are already sensing that right now. As we continue with our worship, as we turn to the candlelight portion, would you allow him to come to you and rest in that peace that God loves you so much. Would you please stand with me? In the dead of winter, when surrounded by darkness, we get to celebrate the great light that's come in Jesus. God's light, his only son, Emmanuel, with us, the embodiment of peace. In this year where there's been so much put on hold, Christmas is still coming. God's uncontrollable light and his peace is still infectiously spreading. As you receive the right light, as we pass it, receive God's peace, his shalom coming to you in this moment. Let every piece of the walls of your life, whatever is broken, whatever is missing, whatever is not whole, would you allow his light to just come into you? And would you receive his hope that he is in the process of bringing wholeness and goodness and peace to your lives. Let me just end this way. May God's peace, his complete wholeness, be an ever-increasing reality of your experience of him this year. May you know the power of the Holy Spirit being with you, touching all those areas of questions, all those areas of brokenness, all those areas of longing with peace, that this would be the richest year you've ever experienced. God bless. Merry Christmas. We hope you encountered the love of Jesus in this message. If you'd like to be a part of the ministry God is doing through Quest, whether in person or online, 
Go to questvineyard.org for more information. If you want to worship God by supporting Quest financially, go to questvineyard.org give. May God bless you this week as you partner with God to change the world one friendship at a time.